Morning. Just have to get technology working. Um, this morning I've gone on a slightly different tact to, uh, to Alex's message this morning and um, I've titled it, What You Do When No One's Looking. Um, I guess today Paul was summing up what it means to follow the, the Mosaic Covenant, the, the, the uh, following the laws of the, the commandments. It's a word. And then the second half of the passage is really talking, giving us a warning um, about these temptations that we face um, in the night as, as this dawn of the new day is approaching. So let's pray. Dearly Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that we can come and just share in your word, Lord, that um, we can just come and worship you and, and just lay our gifts at your feet and we can learn more about you. And we just pray this morning that the words that I've prepared, Lord, are just your words for the people that are listening today. Your name we pray. So in the start of the passage, it says, let no doubt debt remain outstanding except the debt of love. To keep loving others is the only obligation that cannot be paid. No matter how much you love, you need to keep loving. Love is not like a cup. It cannot be filled. You need to think of love more like a lake. If you don't have any outflows from the lake, it becomes stagnant and eventually it becomes pretty unpleasant. We see it in many references in the Bible at Lake Galilee compared to the Dead Sea. Lake Galilee is full of life. The Dead Sea is just salt. And as, as I was thinking about it, we see that in Australia. When we have droughts and there's no runs in the river, has anyone ever been down to Hindmarsh Island after a long drought down in South Australia, just at the mouth of the river? Oh, it's putrid. It's terrible. And that's what love's like. If you're not giving love out, you're stagnant. He goes on to say then, if you love one another, you fulfil the law. So often you, you hear these arguments about the old covenant versus the new covenant and we're under the new covenant, not the old covenant. Um, but Paul's pretty clear here that if you love one another, you're actually completing both. That in the commandments, the first half is how we relate to God. So the first three commandments about how we relate to God and the last seven are about how we relate to each other. And Paul said that if you love yourself as your neighbour, then you are following all these other seven commandments. And so love is actually fulfilment of the law. But then he goes on to say, but keep this in context of the days that you live. So he says that we're in the last days. And what he means by that is that the last days started the day that Jesus died and rose again. So we're in this period now where the, the new kingdom is about to come when Jesus returns in, this, in the second coming. And so Paul describes this as, as like being in the night before the dawn of the day. So, so the dawn of the day is when Jesus comes again and the kingdom, the kingdom is started. And so he describes it as a night. And, and that's interesting for me because I guess the, the connotations for that is, is that it's, it's the night time when evil can hide. It can cause us temptations. And um, in my translation of, of, of my reading, um, it was quite pointed about some of these temptations that we face. 
Um, I think in, in what Cam just read out, it called them deeds of darkness. Um, and it talked about orgies, um, and I guess that's not the design for intimacy um, between a, a husband and a wife. Um, I guess God gave us sexual intimacy as a, as a way of explaining himself um, and a way of, of husband and wife loving each other, um, and it's not for selfish desires. He talked about, Paul talked about drunkenness, um, drunkenness is, is, is when you take a substance that alters your mind. So I guess we could put drugs in there as well. And you take it in excess and, and effectively you, you, you lose yourself. Sexual immorality, which is obviously sex outside of marriage, um, that's not the design God had for us. Debauchery, corruption, crazy partying and wild nights, dissension and jealousy, division. So jealousy is an emotional response to something that you hold of more value than you probably should. So as I read that, all, all these deeds that he's talking about are deeds that happen in our heads. The temptation's always in our heads first. And that's like it being hidden from others in this night. So our mind is like a battlefield. At the moment, you can walk down the street and every, everyone's got a mobile phone in their pocket. There's all these temptations from, from the world sitting in your pocket. And I believe the devil's using that to get to our heads. Um, I did a study a few years ago called The Valiant Man, um, and it describes um, a chemical reaction that actually happens in your head when you see and get caught up in some of these, these sexual acts. And the same chemical high happens when you take drugs as, as when you view pornography or, or something along those lines. And, and that's part of the reason why it's so addictive. And it's just strange, isn't it? Because God actually designed us to be that way so that when we have intimacy with our husband and wife, we become addicted to that intimacy. And yet it's so easy to get it wrong that when we get addicted to the, the wrong thing, that that intimacy gets lost. God designed it to work so well that we become addicted to our wives or our husbands in that, in that critical point of intimacy and we're going to mess it up with these temptations. God didn't design it to be a selfish indulgence. Love is to be outpoured. And as I was reading it, 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 it nearly read like a bucket list of what not to do. People think about these bucket lists, you know, they find out they're about to die. They come with a list of all the things they wish they had done. This is nearly like an anti-bucket list. Paul's saying that the day's coming, the night's nearly over, Jesus is about to return. Make sure you don't do this. And this week as I was preparing, um, we headed over to Dolby um, on Thursday for some appointments. And um, I was pondering on what I was going to preach on and, and I had a bit of a revelation about this passage um, I, um, I think I shared an email to Laura. I'm a bit worried how to, how to keep this G-rated um, with, with some of the things that I had to, had to preach on. And, and God revealed the, the message um, was slightly different for us today. Um, I think um, we, need to, we need to be able to talk about some of these sexual temptations and, and some of these things, these deeds of darkness, drunkenness and that. But today, when... Paul talks about the night, um, I sort of viewed it as being a point in your life when it's so easy to be hidden from others, when, when you do things when you know no one else is watching. 
And so I guess I took from it that today's passage is about challenging us in, in how we act when we know that we're not accountable to anyone else. What are our thoughts? And so this week in Dolby, um, we had some doctor's appointments lined up and we're just over there getting a few jobs and I'm fencing next week, so I'm trying to get organised for that and I just had a few things to get in a hardware store. So um, Sharon's at the grocery store and I just race in quickly to this hardware store and we're racing around. I had the five kids with me and getting the bits and bobs that I needed. We go to the counter and just rush it through and old matey, I had a box of bolts and old mate missed them. So I said, oh, you know better put these bolts through so he, he scanned them in and we paid and out we went and I'm putting the kids in the car and and um, I noticed that Verity was had a had a fence clis, her fist clenched and, and I realized that that she had a washer in her hand that she'd taken and I wasn't very happy about that and I was a bit frazzled so I went pretty crooked her and I sent her back inside to to put it away and that was all good. We, we get to the fuel station at the next stop and I'm, I was sort of thinking and, and something just wasn't adding up, you know. All the things that I'd bought, I bought a shovel and a box of bolts and a few other bits and pieces. I was expecting it to be over $100 and it was only $65. So I looked at the receipt and sure enough, instead of paying for, for the box of bolts, he scanned it through and it was just one bolt instead of 25 So I had a bit of a dilemma. Um, uh, I guess... There was no retribution for me. There was no reason that I had to go back. These guys had made a mistake. You know, it was 50 bucks or whatever. That, you know, good luck to me. But then I'd just gone off at my daughter for taking a 20-cent washer. And here I was knowing that I got away with $80 of hardware. So what did I have to do? I... Of course, I had to, had to front up. So I went back to the hardware store and, um, and I walked in and um, I went to the cashier. He was doing something else at the time. I said, mate, you got my receipt wrong. And he sort of looked at me, you know, another whinging, you know, someone I've overcharged. I said, mate, you, you didn't charge me enough. And the reaction I got was unbelievable. Have you guys ever done that? So he couldn't, he couldn't help me, but I had to get his manager in. So eventually we, we worked out how to, how to get charged for these, for these bolts. And there was a packet of washers that, he, that he'd also missed, we realised, when I was in there. So the original invoice was about $55. And the second amount that I hadn't paid yet was $80. And the guy just looked at me and he said, you're fronting up to pay double what we charged you. I said, yeah. I said... Yeah, yeah, if this was my business, I'd ex you know, expect my, my customers to, to do the same. And, and his response was amazing. He said, mate, you're going straight to heaven. <laughs> and, and he sort of caught me off guard, you know. I, uh, I wasn't expecting this spiritual reference. Otherwise, I probably would have had a better response, you know. Something along the lines of, you know, oh, it's, you know nothing I can do. It's what Jesus does. It gets us to heaven. But I, I sort of missed my chance. But, but the profound thing for me was that he likened me to a saint by just doing the right thing when he knew that I'd gotten away with it anyway. And I guess that I understood that, 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 that we're in the night. When we can get away with something, but we choose to do the right thing, we're not succumbing to these temptations of the night. We act as though it's the full light of day. 
that people know that we're accountable all the time. And this is what Paul says when he's talking about clothing yourself with Jesus Christ as our outer garment. We have to act like it's a full light of day all the time. But isn't it amazing how much brighter we look when we're shining as Jesus Christ in the darkness of night? So when our heads are right and we're not spending time satisfying ourselves with our human desires but loving others like ourselves, everyone's going to see Christ through us. And what could be better than sharing Christ's love than doing nothing more than acting as though we're always getting watched? So I pray today that, that, that that's what we take home, that when we're faced with these temptations, we treat them as though we're always being watched. Because it's amazing what people will see when you think they aren't watching. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, um, just come before you, Lord, and I just pray that, like I was challenged this week, that, um, that we realise how our actions can be sharing your light in this world, Lord, that even when we're frustrated and, and under pressure, Lord, that we choose the right, the right direction, Lord, because we know that that's sharing your light in this world. We pray this in your name. Amen.